Hello and welcome back to the Double One Radio Games Cast, episode number 59. We've made it so far, and still, every, every week we're here, except for this week. So, as always, I'm your host, Ryan. I'm joined by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Brett. Hello. Wyatt. I'm too tired to do anything with Alex. Popular demand, it's me. Oh no. Alright. So Alex isn't tired <laughs> enough. If you're watching this episode on the day it comes out, this episode is pre-recorded a lot further in advance than our normal ones because uh, of scheduling. We had to do this one much earlier. <laughs> so we will not be talking about the most up-to-date games news or having more theme discussion because we are recording this directly after the last one uh by one day so fun fun times but you know what that means it means we are officially off the rails we have a whole episode to do whatever we want don't we do that normally it's like uh ryan it's like a crazy train great all right and that's the episode (laughs) ladies and gentlemen tune in next week Just so you know, Brett, I started playing the outro when you said that. <laughs> really? That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, oh my god! <laughs> I need to get it hooked up so that you guys can hear the sound effects when I do them too, so I can have an actual oh, soundboard, but awesome. <laughs> it is a lot oh, of fun. That's amazing. Alright. Our topic for this episode is whatever we want. We're going to be talking primarily about games that we've been playing recently, and just general stream of consciousness from your boys... In the games cast, because we don't have the mental capacity to do anything else right now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> look. As of this point, we are no longer college students. So <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we got to get Yay. ready for the the whole transition of things that are gonna happen real soon. But yeah, the the next the few world. weeks will probably be a little up in the air with podcast scheduling. Things may not be up to date. We're still gonna try to get things out every week, um, but. Scheduling will be a bit weird, so episodes might... Uh, on the release end, we'll likely still be releasing Tuesday mornings, but they may be recorded at different times in the next week or two. So just be aware of that if you're listening. And if, if we don't talk about your favorite news that happened on Saturday morning, that's probably why. But you already found it out without us anyway, if you're going to complain about that, so you didn't need us in the first place. But they, Brett, they wanted you're our opinions. Y- you're your own viewer. No. <laughs> now, speaking of, of bad podcasts, I've got a game for us to play oh. today. Where is that this is going? That is quite the transition. <laughs> so, I think we're, we're all familiar with a, a character known as Spider-Man. Who? Spider-Who? <laughs> Spider-Boy. Uh, famously first debuted in the movie Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> the only superhero movie ever made. Yeah, only Arachnid superhero movie ever made. Him. Now there is a a famous podcaster in uh the the latest Spider-Man game <laughs> by the name of J. Oh Jonah my... Jameson. Oh god! And there is also a famous podcaster in real life by the name of Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> now what we are going to play is Rogan or Jameson. <laughs> no, <laughs> base. <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> so I'm oh, going no. to give you a quote. It might be very slightly modified. Like I might just cut a word out of these just to make them uh, safe for air. <laughs> 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 
but um, these are otherwise unfiltered quotes from these individuals. So, our first quote. I get down on my hands and knees and I pray for the day that you screw up somewhere. <laughs> now, is I that mean, J. Jonah Jameson or that's J. Joe Jonah Rogan? Jameson. I'm going to go for Triple J. All right. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, the switcheroo of it just being Alex Jones instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's the final round. I'm, I'm, I'm going Joe Rogan on this one. You're going Joe Rogan? That was J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. See, because so it's about Spider-Man. Brett, come on. Come you're, on. You're talking to someone who won 100%ed Spider-Man PS4. As did I. You're I talking to someone who hasn't. As did I. <laughs> All right. It's not my playing, problem. And it started playing Miles Morales. Thanks for uh for that. <laughs> <laughs> Little factoid. <laughs> All right. What's All the right. next question? That was that was J. Jonah Jameson. I can't remember if I told you because <laughs> there were a lot of voices in my head. Now <laughs> You know, it's sounding very different than what I actually said. All right. So here's our, our next quote. It never occurs to you that I don't have to run any of the retractions I've run through the years. Easy for you to think of me as a journalist without a heart. Rogan. Rogan, yeah. I, yeah, it's Rogan. That's J. Jonah Jameson. Really? Oh, no. That's a little metered. Oh, I, I thought you guys 100%ed Spider-Man on the PS4. Oh, what happened? Oh, God, why? What happened bragging? all of a sudden? Bragging <laughs> oh, I thought you'd know every single one. Oh, what happened? Incredibly obvious comeuppets. Dang it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Interesting. All right, oh, here, here's, a, here's our third, second to final. Martial arts are a vehicle for developing potential. Joe Rogan. Rogan. There has to yeah. be one Rogan. That is a, that is one. a Joe Rogan. Yeah, because I know he used to like train or was a fighter of some description, I, or something like that. I don't know. I thought I heard something. Oh, interestingly one. enough, J. Jonas Jameson does have a rant about martial arts as well. What? Somewhere, I it, there are quotes in here from the. I can't verify. I don't think they're from the PS4 game. I think they might be from one of the older ones. But I was gonna say, there is martial arts talk. To my knowledge, Triple J does not have martial arts training. I'm not limiting this to uh, the PS4 game as well. I'm using 616 oh. quotes too. Just because the PS4 okay. one is a little too easy because they're almost all like extremely centered around Spider-Man. Yeah. Apparently not easy <laughs> enough for us. True. Yeah. yeah well, not. you all are pretty, you know. <laughs> we're. You can say it, Ryan. We're pathetic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you can say it. It's okay. <laughs> all right. Here's our last one. Haters are all failures, 100% across the board. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Ooh. Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> oh. I think that's that sounds like Triple J. Sounds like both. Oh. <laughs> G. Jonah Jameson. I'm going to go with, uh, with, with Rogan on this one. That's a Rogan. Ah. That is a Rogan quote. Yes! This is a Rogan moment. I don't Rogan know why, Paul. if I should feel happy about that, but, but, but here we are. Okay, so now I have a, a bonus round. Uh, a bonus round quote. Alex Jones. Bonus round. 
you don't know who's good or bad until you get to that crisis point. Who is this from? J. Jonah Jameson? <laughs> or Joe Rogan? <laughs> because y'all had it too easy, so I need you to, to do one a little bit less easy. Oh, you said that's a little too easy, so now I'm thinking since this is this seems very superhero arky, I'm going to say Rogan because of <clears throat> subtle bait and switch. I don't know. I'm trying to justify this. Rogan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brett and Wyatt, what are your uh, your thoughts? Say the quote again. Oh, now I have to find it again. <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? You don't know who's good or bad until you get to that crisis point. Jameson. I mean, Jameson is a, is a whiskey, not a person. Jay mean, Jonah. Mean... <laughs> Jay Jonah. God. Full name, please. Wyatt? <laughs> Sorry, whoops, I didn't capitalize any of the J's. Wyatt, full name, please. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's Alex Jones. So it was a trick question. Gotcha. <laughs> the trick question. Of course it was. That, that was the most mellow Alex Jones quote I could find. Yeah, really? <laughs> it didn't sound like him. The absolute most mellow. And that is all the publicity we will give Alex Jones on this platform. Mm-hmm. That's Good. it. So, what have y'all been playing this week? <laughs> How's your day well. going? It's that time of the podcast where we're really just ready to, to rock off the rails. Oh. We're like, like the Uncharted uh, 2 opening like a... scene right now. <laughs> like a... Like, like a... Like, a um, like, like, like an insane locomotive, kind of? Like a... Like a like a like a, like a wacky diesel engine almost, but like a crazy train. All right, well, <laughs> problem solved. Okay, if no one's gonna start, I'll start. Wow, right. come on, bring save him us. back because he's not gonna come back on his own. <laughs> we For context, just I just moved Alex out of our recording channel. <laughs> <laughs> he could not get back into you on his own. I'm gonna start because apparently no one else in the call currently can. Um, the big thing, the big My thing hero. I've been playing recently. Uh, I've been playing Returnal, uh, pretty much since the day it came out, uh, off and on. I took a small break just to be able to finish up classes, but I'm back on, on the grind now. Um, I, I like it. I, I think there are. I know it's it's kind of there's a meme going around at the moment that some uh, review outlets are saying that it's too hard that it needs to be made easier. I'm not saying that blanket statement the game is too hard. I I think that there are some areas where the game doesn't give you as much leniency as I think I would want what, to. What? For, for people who who aren't as in the know, what is Returnal? Oh. Is what is the game? Because we haven't actually talked about it that much recently. No, we haven't. I I, I was under the impression that we did, but I just realized that we didn't. So thank you for. Well, it's because we talked about it before it released. Was the last time we like talked about what the game was, was and it was we didn't have a lot of information to go off of. Right, right. That's correct. So uh, thank you for reminding me. Um, It is the big new uh, Sony PS5 exclusive. Uh, It is a. Third-person bullet hell roguelike Metroidvania uh, in space, very uh, 
Prometheus kind of setting, uh, and it also has some first-person uh, kind of horror sequences that can sometimes be reminiscent of PT, but I think calling them PT-esque sequences is kind of misleading. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely pretty like different for what we've seen out of uh, PlayStation exclusives for the past couple of years, which I like. Um, it's also made by Housemark, Housemark, so you know that combat and game feel is going to be just tip-top. Yeah, um, and for context, Housemark made Resogun. Um, they did Res Infinite, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. They've got some some really high quality titles behind them. It's, it's, uh, but this is their first like triple A undertaking. Yeah, very very narratively focused as well. Although it's it's a roguelike, so you know you don't get a consistent story. You get more short bursts of story here and there, depending on how well of a run you had. Um, Resogun and Next Machina, not uh, Res Infinite. Res Infinite is a different studio. Yes. Um, but no, I, I like it overall. And, and again, I think there are some areas that um, I, I think are a little bit too punishing. Like some elements, not individual. Like I think combat has a great kind of balance to it. I don't think it's too difficult for the most part. Um, I think where it kind of... Um, I think where, where it becomes a little bit unreasonable is how some of the like devices that you find and some of the upgrades are a little bit um can can be a little bit of a, a kick in the groin sometimes so perfect example um a lot of double-edged swords yeah yeah so so you have artifacts uh, if you ever played roguelites it's a lot of um like acquiring sort of bonuses or, or like boons to upgrades to weapons and your personal like your your own stats and things like that um this game has just straight up upgrades which are artifacts that you can hold to like 10 or 15 at a time um there's also just general improvements to your base stats like protection and max health that kind of thing um but there's also these things called parasites which is has an upgrade and a downgrade simultaneously and the thing is is that they may have a name, but these parasites are also randomly generated in the sense that the upgrade and the downgrade, uh, yeah, are randomly generated. And so it's, I, I feel as though oftentimes parasites are just way too punishing. Um, so, for example, it's like, oh, uh, money that's dropped from enemies that you kill, um, they disappear after a while, right? And so... The upgrade may be, oh, yeah, they get to stay on the ground for an extra second and a half or so, but the downgrade is your melee damage does half, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, there are just very few instances where I think parasites are actually worth equipping, and you can unequip them, but there's never a way to specifically remove one. There's either you remove all of them or you remove a random one. So if there's one that you don't like that you're trying to get rid of, it's not it's not very easy to to do so unless you just remove all of them. Another example is um, you could walk into a room where you discover, oh, here's a little bed that like heals you after a while. Or not after a while. It's like you, you kind of use it once in the level and it heals you. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. So you go back and you're like super low health. You want to get your health back up. You go to sleep on the bed for a while. And then when you wake up, it doesn't even refill all that much of your health. Like if you have a sliver left and you're kind of hoping it'll refill it it will i mean depending on how much max life you have it'll only refill so much and then it spawns enemies to fight you after you've already used it in the same room which kind of feels bad it's very cheap and it's very annoying i mean that feels Um, like directly 
pulled from Binding of Isaac, which works on Isaac because Isaac is a very punishing game and doesn't make any assumptions to not be that, but it's also not trying to appeal to nearly as many people as Returnal is. And, and it like is a very different situation. Can, no, and, and you can be you you can be into that sort of thing. I personally think it's cheap and very annoying. Uh especially if you've been stuck in the same kind of area for a while and you're trying to push on and, and see new things. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of unnecessary. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I, I, there isn't a whole lot to complain about. Uh, honestly, like the, the combat is really, really great. It's a third person shooter kind of bullet hell, which is more about, uh, it's it's more focused on your movement and like where you are in the space rather than actual shooting. So the shooting's very like um, you kind of don't have to think about it too much. It, there's a lot of sort of assisted aim and and kind of soft lock ons, um, which may annoy some people. But again, it's a game I'm about a huge movement fan of that. So for me. I, I love when when third person shooters especially go for like weird control mechanisms that prioritize movement over mm-hmm. actual aiming. I think it's just especially, super fun. Especially if you're using a controller. Like, I, I'm fine with a healthy amount of assisted aim on controller because I just can't aim on a controller. And that's me speaking personally. But, um, same here. No, yeah, it feels great. Here. It looks, it looks great. Um, there's been, there's been some hubbub around the game not being true 4K. It's kind of an upscale 1080p. But, I mean, but it's got a lot going on. Like, Returnal looks really good. It's <laughs> it really nice. Especially, I, like special shout out to the particle effects. If you've ever seen like the way the teleporters work and just all of the, uh, the stuff going on, like the particle effects look absolutely gorgeous. Um, a lot of the areas are cool and they all have a different kind of design language to it. Um, they all feel very different to play, which is great. Um, I think the main voice actress, uh, has a lot of work (laughs) to do a lot of voice lines. And I think, uh, she does an excellent job of of like tr- of of someone who's clearly going through a lot of trauma and stress, but trying to s- maintain this level head and trying to be like, no, I I can be, you know, I I can keep my sanity and try and get through this. And it's just really really well done. The horror sequences are great. Uh, a lot of subtle things that I don't want to spoil, um, but just a lot of great sort of little moments that make you kind of jump back and like oh god like you don't notice it at first but once you see it it kind of freaks you out um very and like i said very prometheus in the way that everything looks um which is a good thing because no matter what you have to say about that movie it's a very pretty looking movie it's a very nice looking kind of world and i think there was definitely a lot of inspiration um the hr geiger counter as i call it is off the charts with this game there's a lot of his influence uh, and it's all done really, really well. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's my favorite um, PlayStation exclusive by any means, but it's, I mean, it's really addicting. <laughs> so, how, uh, how, how far have you gotten in it? Like, have you beaten it yet? Because I've, I've, I don't have a PS5 for myself. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I watched one of my friends beat it, and now he's, uh, He's visiting, so I can play a little bit I'm, for myself. I'm a few hours in, but how, how far in are you? I'm close to quote unquote beating it. Uh, like once you complete the game, it's not done, as a lot of roguelikes are, right? Um, I haven't. I'm in biome three, and I've made it to the last one. I just haven't reached the final boss of the last biome yet. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So I'm getting there. 
but it it's rough <laughs> it can be it can be really rough um it is and, it and, is a roguelike it is a roguelike and 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 also to be fair i ha- i don't have a lot of experience with this genre my introduction was hades which isn't the best example of like a classic roguelike because it does a lot of things that are uniquely its own. If there's anything that I think Hades does better to compare in terms of like it being a roguelike, the two things that stand out is I don't think it's as easy to make like a build in uh, Returnal because I think there's a lot more items that just aren't nearly as helpful or ones that aren't as interesting. And so I don't find myself creating builds. I just think, oh, that's a nice upgrade. Whereas in Hades, it does a great job of like allowing you to have a build throughout each run. Um, and yeah, then the other more problem like unique is, effects. Yeah, and the other problem is, and this probably just comes down to a difficulty thing, but the the pacing I think is just much better in terms of um, it's uh, Hades introduced new content at a really nice rate uh, because it always felt like I was making progress, whereas in Returnal it just doesn't care. <laughs> like there, there, I'm I'm in a big stretch of time where just not much is changing and not much is happening because I keep not being able to make progress. And I guess that's the, that's the nature of a roguelike. I mean, that's always to me, the sign of a roguelike that wasn't quite as well thought out. And I don't mean that as a knock at Housemark because I think this is very clearly like the first roguelike they're doing. um, And Mm -hmm. from all evidence of other people playing it, because I I don't know, PS5 can't play it. uh, I would love this game (laughs) if I played it. I'm sure I would, but Mm -hmm. uh, something like Isaac or Hades has this good balance of like, even if you're losing, you're still making progress towards something. Yeah, there was never a moment where it never where there was a run that felt like, oh, this was a waste of my time, or, or it didn't uh, achieve anything. You know, like either you learned something new about the game or the characters, or you were just making progress through each room. Whereas in Hades, whereas in uh, Returnal, it's very like stagnant sometimes. And there are times where it's like, okay, I wanted to play more, but it's feeling very like I'm not making any progress. And so I just put it down for a while. Um, whereas with Hades, it's like every little step you take feels like you're making progress. And so that's what partially what kept me hooked for so long. Yeah, to me, that, that tends to be more along the lines of like a Dark Souls style progression, where if you are like dying, you're losing basically everything you've done since your last level mm-hmm. up. There's a lot less in terms of like permanent, um, like what you take with you from run to run. So the the metroidvania aspect is like the gear you get that can unlock different areas or or change combat or just yeah gain access to new areas that all stays with you um there's there's a currency called ether that you can spend um to uh to unlock certain chests or get certain items it's just a different type of currency that does different things um that is permanent but outside of that those are uh, and then actually for each weapon that you find in the world, they have like upgrades that have permanent, like like the progression of each weapon that unlock new, that unlocks new traits for them are permanent. But other than that, it's, everything is wiped. There's no, like, like in, in Hades, there's a lot of base stats that you can upgrade, whereas in Returnal, no, nothing. <laughs> you, all wiped. I'm I mean, sorry, there's none of that in something like Isaac either. So I think it just, mm-hmm. it's just taking a, I don't know if classic is the right word, but I guess like more more roguelike than Hades. Um, well, yeah, I think Isaac out. makes up for it in the way of like, it tends to bind a lot of unlocks to doing weird things repeatedly. Bind. 
So even if you are like failing repeatedly, you're tending to you're yeah. making progress to something. You might not see it, but you are. Uh, and I think Isaac's like big benefit is that it's got tons of variation because that is a spoiler alert. One of the games I've been playing a lot recently. <laughs> so, I think yeah. as okay. as as someone who has seen what happens and has played uh, more than a few hours myself, I think and Wyatt will probably agree with me that I think something like Isaac has more staying power in terms of like how many more like hundreds of hours you could play it. But like mm -hmm. Returnal has that like that story aspect. It's it's is, much more focused, which it's, it's yes. not meant to be replayed quite as many times. It's yeah, which is fine because it's just yeah. they're not the same game. So yeah, well, I'm curious, uh, uh Brett, do you have a, a rough time estimate as to how many hours it took? Ooh, um, well, it was for me, um, because I didn't start at like the the beginning beginning because after basically after the account that the game was started on clears the game's like quote unquote story, you can quote unquote restart, but you keep it, it's like new game plus kind of. Um, and so I was playing on the person's uh account that had already finished it. Um, and so things were way harder than they should have been at the beginning. Uh, so I maybe gave it like, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe like, uh, I want to say like three showers or something on the, the couch. Um, so not like a lot, but enough to get <laughs> pummeled <laughs> well, and, while Brett was talking, the gameplay. and while brett was talking i was able to run off and check the amount of hours that i've put in personally so i haven't finished the game yet i have almost all of the permanent like gear upgrades you can get um i think i'm missing one uh and i've reached the last area just not the final boss and i'm at 53 hours oh jeez. but i also well, I'll, suck I'll at video me. games so that also has something to do with it because i know brett's friend kind of just blew past all the like yeah. late game biomes which is madman apparently <laughs> got, like six bosses in one run i don't even know how he did it but he is the guy who plays like isaac and risk of rain like all the all the goddamn time so some of the bosses were great too the one that that stands out to me is one that like plays a um a giant organ oh yeah while you fight and it's such a cool Ooh, boss fight I it's was... just the, the design is great his animations are great that the the various like bullet patterns he has are really cool the organ music that's ripped straight from interstellar that's playing on top of it is fantastic oh it's it's great it's well great. i was i was gonna ask why without spoilers because i'm pretty sure you have gotten to this part already uh this was something that i was like hmm i don't know if wyatt will like this i i, I audibly th i thought those words in my brain <laughs> how and and you you will know what i mean because i don't want to say exactly what it is because i thought it was really cool and I don't want to spoil it because it was a surprise, but how do you feel about uh -huh, the, you know, the song, the soundtrack, if you understand what I'm saying? Uh, he sounds very confused. <laughs> well, then. Do you do you want to just uh, do you want to just like DM me and then maybe I'll know what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to DM you exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about. Please, please uh, do. Um, yeah, no. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I like it. I, I just think there are one or two areas where it goes a step too far. You know what's funny, actually, is that they recently uh, patched the game as of like one or two days ago. They actually made the game even harder 
Um, awesome. Believe it. Yeah. So there was um, there was a, a trick that everyone was using in the first, the very first area where you're where you have your crashed ship. And one thing that everyone realized you could do is you could go into the ship uh, and go to your bed and then sleep, and that it would regain a bit of health when you walked out, and then you can walk back into the ship, sleep again, and just repeat that process until are you, you were are you full. not at are you not at full health when you start the game? No, but you can return to the area where the oh. crash ship is and then do you can that. take a nap. Yeah, and you can just do it over and over and over again until you have full health. They recently patched the game so that you can only do it once and they heal you for even less than it did last time. Oh, oh. mean. <laughs> mean, unnecessary so, uh, and no. mean. I don't know if that was just something they missed or it was just a bug or they changed it last minute because... I, I don't know, but it's just very odd. And they didn't really directly address it. I think their official terminology was like changed incorrect health behavior or something like that. So they were super vague about yeah, it. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I think that was the like exact term they used. Just an interesting way of approaching that situation. And this is the obviously the first time they've released something like this. So understandable <laughs> that it might take a little oh. bit of getting... Behind. It's 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 an interesting game for um for this studio because there's a lot of elements here that they're very used to like they're used to kind of bullet hell style games so I think in that aspect they know exactly what they're doing but the the kind of uh, I don't want to give too much about the story the, the 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 story that's involved I think the setting and the third person camera and the roguelike elements are all new to them, but a lot of it feels very familiar if you've played their password. Cause I was a big fan of Rezo gun when it first came out. And so a lot of it feels very, uh, very familiar, but yeah, you could definitely tell they're experimenting with some new stuff for sure. And for a first attempt at a lot of these different types of, uh, for a lot of these different types of, of elements, I think it works. I think they did a really good job overall. Yeah, I think my my biggest concern was definitely that it just wouldn't warrant the fact that it's a $70 price tag. I mean, I got 53 hours out of it so far, which is a pretty decent length of time, but also that's I mean, yeah, length is less theory. less concerning to me. It's more just like content and is it a well thought out game? And I, from what I've been hearing, the answer to most of that is yes. So, oh, I'm yeah, looking for sure. forward to picking up the game whenever I am able to get my hands on a, my grubby little fingers on a PS5. Um, well, there, there's some there's some people who are like, oh, they they take a look at the gameplay and they say that it's very like uh, fast paced and like arcadey, but a lot of it's very repetitive on the surface. And they're like, oh, this doesn't look like a game that's worth seventy dollars. It's like, first of all, you haven't played the game, so you can't really comment. Second of all, it's and they also are saying like, oh, visually it doesn't seem that much better than a PS4 game. It's like, but again, I mean, then you I'm don't have eyes. The, that <laughs> yeah, you have <laughs> eyes, and also that. just the particle effects. Like, I can't, and and I think Brett's seen it. The the short wave oh, yeah. like teleportation. There's this crazy like spinning uh, particle effect sphere that's happening, and then as soon as you kind of step near it, they start spinning around you, and they kind of react to your. Um, presence so think of like if you ever played the first division when you would do those like virtual recreations of like a cutscene or something and like all of the little particles would kind of move out of the Ooh. way it's very similar to that it looks so cool so cool um yeah i think it's definitely a game that justifies the the price both in terms of its length and its uh 
quality and just how much fun it is to play and also the visuals is still great like I, like it, like it's 1080p upscaled but it still looks great like i really don't think that should deter anyone yeah. from playing it especially when after like even without the the couple of patches that we've had it ran mostly pretty good but even with the patches it's running even better at like a locked 60 frames per second now so i don't know those people are crazy <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we're hitting the point where like locked 60 is the expectation. Uh, I know that's it's so, so nice. exciting to me. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> but yeah, I think where people are coming from a lot of the time with that whole argument of it doesn't look like it's worth $70. I do think there is some justification of if like, it's a game from a studio that's never done AAA before. Um, it, it's a game that isn't like a blockbuster thing that sony is billing like it's not a last of us it's not a horizon 2 it's not uh, god of war 2 i think that's like where people are coming from when they expect like a 70 dollar game i think a lot of people have it built in their mind it's got to suddenly be the best game that has been made to justify that price tag which is totally fair and not at all ridiculous i mean it's like simultaneously ridiculous and i get where they're coming from like it's a it's an expectation that can't be met but it's a hard thing to navigate <laughs> of like game pricing and what is justifiable and what isn't. So it is just a, an interesting time. I, I just get upset when people try and like determine whether something, whether the price of something is justifiable when they haven't even played it themselves. Well, I mean, that's because they can't frustrated. like that, that, that statement doesn't <laughs> Right, but people do like, like, like you'll see people who are like, "Oh, I don't have a PS5," and then they're looking at gameplay and they, they're just, they just make statements on it. And it's like you haven't played it. Like, what? Come on. Well, I mean, you have yeah, to. You like, can... if you're choosing to play, if you want to buy a game or not, you're gonna have to make a statement about. Like, we literally did this in the last podcast. We made statements about games that we haven't played, and <laughs> specifically about the gameplay. Right, but so. you can't. But you. But but it's it's harder to like to make a statement on something's like overall quality like you can you can make a statement on oh this looks like the type of game that's for me but you but i feel like it's a lot harder to to make a statement in terms of like oh this game is worth the money or this game like does justify a well i think it's like, when you when can't do that you say worth the money i think the expectation is uh, unspoken at the end of that is to me like it's not worth the money for either me personally or the person who's hypothetical person individual man who is saying that returnal is not for them because <laughs> you you do obviously like we're lucky enough to be in a position where like games aren't that expensive uh for our, us individually to a degree where like we can generally afford a game if we're really interested in it but of course there's plenty of people that aren't in that position so i think it's a lot more difficult when it comes to those sorts of, of people and, and them making their decisions about what games they want to buy. Um, and especially like the length thing. I think that's where that tends to come in with length is like, if you need to get this many hours of entertainment and really want the game to last you for however long, like a month or two months, then you're going to care more about the time than other people would. It's going to factor more into your decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think it's a, keeping that kind of divide in mind is important when talking about like prices and whatnot, because it, it does drastically differ in how it affects people. Mm. All right. Who else has got a game that they are ready to talk about? 
I've been playing two recently. Take it away. Say Alex. Destiny, I dare you. Say Destiny, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. I double dare no, you. No, no. I have I have been playing Destiny, but I've been playing two new games that have my okay. attention more so. Putting the gun down. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, that was a bad. That was a bad dare. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell by your tone of voice. Um. So the the two games that I picked up uh, picked up first of which were the I guess the first new Tomb Raider game. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the I guess the first of the reboot. Ones. Is that Rise of the Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider? No, it's just Tomb Raider. Oh, Tomb, Tomb Raider, I then think Rise of Shadow. Tomb Raider, and then it's Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And then yep. The Last Jedi. <laughs> yep. So, so now I have played Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I have not played Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, But, yeah, I, I like it. It's given me that good um, Uncharted-esque gameplay fix. Mm-hmm. With uh, with some interesting bits of uh, more crafting involved, uh, with as far as far as uh, ammo goes and upgrades and finding weapons and things, um, yeah, good. And, and and by good, I don't mean like oh, this is unique. Just yeah, good story to pass the time with. Wait, what was um, the title again? I missed this for some just, reason. Just just Tomb Raider. Tomb. Okay, um, I keep forgetting that it's just Tomb Raider. <laughs> Tomb Raider, you, just Tomb Raider. Did you get, while you were playing Tomb Raider, because I played, we're in the exact opposite position, I played Tomb Raider first, and then I played Uncharted 4, and then you've ah. done the, the, the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's a lot of things in Uncharted 4 that that they kind of, uh, not like stole from Tomb Raider, but definitely were like, oh, that's a great idea, that works, that would work in an Uncharted game, and so they kind of took a lot of ideas from that. I think Think they did the first Uncharted and the reboot of Tomb Raider come out around the same? I think no, 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 no. The first Uncharted so, came out. Yeah, I, I think the yes, trilogy was out something. by the time um, Tomb Raider came out. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So I, I'm not entirely sure on the timeline. I do know mm-hmm. uh, they share similar aspects as far as you know, uh, like uh, uh, comfortable third-person movement and good. I, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say good gunplay. Um, but then there mm-hmm. and and the climbing as well. The, just the the superhuman levels of upper upper arm strength. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's honestly, I feel like the two games, not not really take or steal from each other. It, it's there there there's a bit of a, a feedback loop. I guess they're they're two sides of the same coin. I as mean, far as that goes. Just one a has, phrase that people one's... love for design is good designers steal. Or good designers yeah. take inspiration, great designers steal. <laughs> There's, um... I mean, I, I definitely think because Uncharted 3 came out in 2011, you know, which was two years before Tomb Raider. So I think like the rebooted Tomb Raider took a lot, a lot of inspiration from Uncharted. But I think for 4, when it comes to level design and some of the other gameplay additions they made was very much kind of taken from... Uh, the yeah yeah i'd go with that there's um i I definitely noticed some uh whereas uncharted one you know it was still finding its place and then they definitely improved it with two three four um yeah uh where uh the the first tomb raider reboot it definitely had that um that more open-ended like i i don't know if i described this in a podcast 
in one of the podcast episodes, but I described it as sort of lemon style uh, game levels where mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's one entry and one exit, but there's a very wide array of paths that you can take to said area. That's a good way to um, put it. For yeah. a lot of them. And I think that was definitely, um, I don't know if it's Tomb Raider's idea first first, but I, I think Uncharted adapted that from Tomb Raider and took it in a, yeah. took it in a good I, direction. Yeah, I think I think Tomb Raider has that kind of Metroidvania aspect to it, where there's tools that'll allow you to unlock. Oh yeah, I different I finished... uh, uh, areas later on, and then I don't like Uncharted doesn't really do that because it doesn't really need to do that. But I think yeah, there's there's, there's... A lo- sorry, no, no no go ahead. There, there's a lot with them. Um, I think uh, I I don't think Uncharted would benefit from tools and crafting the way that Tomb Raider does. I I agree. I agree. I think that you know Tomb Raider has crafting and it does it well for the weapons that it does um whereas uncharted definitely has its 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 niche with you know uh continuing to improve upon the movement the climbing adding the grappling hook and having that just be fantastic um still uh i'd, I'd say the stealth sections in um uncharted are better than in in, in the later uncharted's are definitely better than the the tomb raider mm-hmm. oh you know what's interesting though is mm-hmm. that I would actually, when it when it comes to crafting and that kind of thing, I would actually relate that much more to, to The Last of Us, which came out in June, whereas Tomb Raider came out in March. So that's kind of huh. interesting. Interesting. Because hmm. there's, um, and I, I think it's randomized. I'm not entirely sure. But so there's, you know, there's different types of ammo that you can craft once you've unlocked them in the story. And then there's mm-hmm. um weapon upgrades for things that you can like you know you oh you need you have one out of three shotgun parts you have one out of three um rifle parts things like that and you find them as you kill enemies or or loot uh caches around the environment so you can entirely miss those and make the game a little artificially uh harder for yourself but it's i don't know i i, I enjoyed it a lot i'm still going uh back fast traveling through the the campsite seeing the the little collectibles and all that I've missed. Trying to get those. Fun, fun, fun. Um the second game is very different from it. Though it ha um though it still has uh it, it has gunplay. It has a lot more gunplay. It's uh my friend Pedro that, that I Oh that I yeah, you told game. me that you started this. And it is absolutely crazy the um like it's very focused on i think constant fluidity of motion and like not stopping at all dancing in between bullets your enemies are firing at you and there's a there's a combo meter which i have let down every level um it it i feel like it has a very harsh abc grading system i think i've gotten a b on maybe two of the levels there's definitely there's definitely an s rank too I can tell you that for There's sure. There's an S rank? Oh, if it's I've, got a combo system, it better have an S rank. I've only seen A, B, and C. I've never gotten an A, though. I've I've gotten a B twice. The rest are C, because I have definitely not adapted to the, the style of gameplay it is, though. Though it is very fun, <laughs> uh, as far as it goes, and how the, the guns feel and the ammo management. Yeah, I played uh, My Friend Pedro... A long time ago, around when it came out on Switch, it had a had a lot of fun with it. it it's a really interesting 
type of game that you don't tend to see of like the 2D 2.5D platformer with like a heavy think, focus on gunplay. Yeah, I still think my favorite moments are when you can um kick a frying pan up in the air, slow time, just spray bullets from any one of your guns onto it and they just auto track to the enemies nearby. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm there is, of... there is an S rank Alex. Oh, there's a lot of fun <laughs> Uh, just uh, bullet dodging and, and bullet time things to go as well. Not that I'll ever get an S rank. <laughs> uh, you can do it. I believe in you. I thank you. You that makes one of us. <laughs> well, sometimes that's all it takes. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anyone else has played either of those games, but I haven't. I have I played Tomb Raider, obviously, uh, a long time ago. Yeah, think, I've played a lot of my friend Pedro, and I've been meaning to play Tomb Raider for a long time, because I have, I think, both the first two, uh, Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, from various Humble Bundles over the years. So yeah, I'm looking forward oh, to trying that I'm out. I meant to check. That's right. Check what? What are you checking? I If I... If... Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider was available. <laughs> well, they just came out in this like legacy pack or something like that. Right? Yeah, they're they're pretty inexpensive most of the time, uh, as far as I'm aware. Because I got Tomb Raider for free. Um, Shadow might be on. I think one of them might be on Game Pass. I'm not sure if it's Shadow. It's, it's a I good. Oh, oh, that was another thing. So I have the the Tomb Raider on Steam. I have Shadow of the Tomb Raider on PlayStation. Oh. This is definitely a console-based game. It was not made for PC. The um, God, the 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 buttons feel a little rough. Strange. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Yeah, I do know what you what you mean. Yeah, it it's a like good it's trilogy similar. overall. I think Shadow was was disappointing to me. Um, like I don't think it's a great like conclusion. That that's was... what a lot of people were saying. And at the time when I was playing it, I didn't think so because i'm just like oh this is my first tomb raider game and yeah looking back yeah it, it's kind of disappointing they do this weird thing where they really cut out a lot of the combat and it's more focused on puzzles it was... which is fine but like and you know what i uh felt uh, also now playing the first tomb raider game shadow feels a lot more linear yes i mean y'all know one of the I, reasons I for that. that is that um Crystal Dynamics was co-opted to work on the Avengers game during. That was at the same time. Yeah, during Shadow's yeah, development. So, well. huh. so Shadow was probably we... scoped down from what it was. Oh. Now we kind of skipped over our news section, but do we want to mention the recent uh, uh, um, Avengers news that came out within the past couple days? I think like right after our podcast aired, our first episode. Anyway, I don't know what this news is. I mean, um, there's a new season. And uh, all of the new skins are locked behind a paywall, and you can't unlock them during the season. Oh, we, yeah, we did talk of, about oh, that. I think we talked about that like a week on. ago. <laughs> Come on. They, they did like a $14 skin thing of the new, yeah. uh, uh, I think it's MCU skins. Yeah, and the only thing you can get from playing the season is season-specific gear and like a nameplate. See, so. the thing that I hate, because I know Crystal Dynamics is not the one making these decisions. <laughs> I just, yeah. I want to know who is and why so badly, because it can't be working. Like, we know it's not working from their financial reports, so why, why do they keep doing it? <laughs> yeah. What is happening? 
And I don't get it because Square Enix knows how to do good monetization. Like Final Fantasy fourteen has one of the nicer monetization like cash shops of like the cash shop is completely irrelevant uh to any of the main game. You can totally play everything in the game without it. Uh but if you wanna like dress up like a character in the story that, that you can't get their outfit, you can go buy it for five bucks. <laughs> I'm like that's okay. I think, I think that's like a case of Square Enix just having like so many different teams. Yeah. And I think it might be like they're just they just don't there's not a lot of collusion, communication. They don't really work together too much, which isn't, you know, the worst because then you get like with the I mean, EA where there's where there's too much, and then like teams get pulled from things that they're, you know, working the Activision. On everyone's working on Call of Duty it's, now. Yeah, which it's it, it's a different worst thing. It's like too far on the other side of the of the spectrum. I I, I think I think like. Square Enix especially could really get some some cool stuff happening if they had more communication between the uh, the different teams that they you know they've they've purchased that are literally all over the the, the damn planet. Yeah, very far reaching. It's interesting to think about what what would Crystal Dynamics be doing if it wasn't <laughs> on Avengers. Makes I don't me kind of sad. Think about it. I mean, yeah, it makes me too sad. To I mean, I do think they they are working on some something new, but we probably won't hear anything about it for a few years, at least a year or two, while they get pre development done. So I am excited to inevitably see when we do get whatever they're working on, but it's probably a ways off. Sarah, so a wonderful little studio. Yeah. All right, Brett. You've been waiting patiently. What have you got for us? Well, there are a lot of things that I could talk about, but I'm not going to talk about um the bad one. I'm going to talk about the good one instead. Uh, so speaking, are you telling me you don't want to give us your Zenosaga rant? <sighs> no, because I, I want to. I want to finish. I want to start and finish three before I give the whole rant, um, which is going to take a bit. Uh. But I, I'm gonna. I'm, I I want to be in a good mood today. Surprise right, right now. So I'm gonna. You? Cause I cause I didn't. Uh, I don't think I got to talk about this very much before. Uh, near replicant one point whatever. I think I spent like two minutes on it and like a shout out. Uh, but I want to talk about it more since I don't think it's it's been over a week, but it hasn't been that long. Um, and if Y gets to talk about Returnal, then I get to talk about near. Which is not at all the same thing. What does that? Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Hey Brett, I can actually um, contribute to this discussion because I've played. I'm playing near right now, so that's there fun. There you go. Um, and I can I can connect them because uh, Yoko Taro, uh, Mr. Nearman, said that he he really liked uh, Returnal. So there you go. There you go. There, the from Canon Link. Yeah, I mean, there you go. There's from... your recommendation. There's your recommendation for Returnal right there. From one third-person bullet hell to another third-person bullet hell. Why does this genre exist? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I hadn't played the the original one. This is when I when I'm talking about near replicant. It's just because I don't want to say the numbers. This is the this is the the kind of remaster. Near replicant twenty twenty one. Yeah, one one point two two whatever. I, how many how many we, we did the how many uh digits of pi can you remember off the top of your head joke too many times already hmm. um uh 
And I, I think it's safe to call it a, a remaster. I know, I know Yoko Taro didn't want to do it, but I think it's, I think it's safe to, because this game looks really good, especially compared to either of the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions, because um, the, the West and Japan got different versions of the game. Um, Strangely, like also, really weirdly. It's yeah, and, and we've also talked about that, but just like very, very truncatedly, it's America got uh, the main character is a dad, and instead. But it was also like missing an ending too, from from my knowledge. Were there different endings? Yeah, the, it wasn't different, but the um, the American version was missing some content that was released in the Japanese one. Okay, see, I, I wasn't sure. I, you know, I I might be confusing that with just the fact that they have they they've added a new ending, period, just across the board, um. Because at the, there is no way that uh, the, the new ending they added could have been in Japan the whole time because of reasons that I cannot say. Um, but uh, yeah, I like this. This game took like front and center of my um, existence for like <laughs> like three or four days right after it came out because I just I had to see what happened next. I needed to see what happened next because I was so I was so sucked in. This game friggin' rocks. Like after after finishing it, I don't know how far you are, you are in Ryan, but after finishing I am it, in the side quest zone, so okay. not too far. Have you gotten an ending yet? No, I am in the side Have quest fun. zone. <laughs> <laughs> you are like uh, maybe like a quarter of the way through. Then look, I'm I'm um, trying to get Yona to cook. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then you're you're even earlier than that. Uh, but I, I after after finishing it, um, I I did not think going in that I would be playing one of the games that I would consider the best that I've ever played. But I, it's it's top ten for me now. Maybe Brad, even I am like top so five. excited that you haven't played Automata. <laughs> I am excited that I haven't played Automata too. I'm looking forward I... to your opinions. <laughs> I th- I think I'll I'll like it even more because it it truly like from what I've heard of Automaton from like the literally like half an hour I played of it like two years ago like near just kind of feel like this version of near just kind of feels like like you you can tell because you know it's just an updated version of the game that came out first it's just it's it's baby Automata like it's it's trying to do some of the same things and even with the you know. It, you can you can use your monkey brain to remember uh, how bad apparently the combat used to be. Like you know, it's not not everything was ironed out yet. But you can you can see you can see the things that would become automata later, um, and they kind of keep that feeling in the 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 newer version of the game. And and on the combat front, it is it is very fun. I'm glad that it's fun because I was a. Uh, I was kind of iffy if if that was one of the things that they were going to keep from the original because I've just kind of heard like oh it's it's clunky it feel it doesn't feel like something that should be on you know the the consoles that it released on it feels like it should be from the generation before but now you know it's not like the deepest thing in the world but like it's a it's a really fun button mash fest like yeah. you can... it's like a it's like a <laughs> spectacle fighter light 
Yes. It's not got yes. full combo systems of like you do these crazy combos, but the combat's got all the pieces that it needs to be really, really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not it's not super duper deep or anything. And even like you can pretty much just stick to whatever weapon you end up looking at and going, oh, that looks cool for just the whole game, counting all the continuous like new game pluses and endings that you go through. Like you don't really ever have to switch, which is fine because it's not like it's it's not asking you to have like this this Dark Souls level of like forty million different like weapon animation sets that all get like swapped in between each other for different builds and stuff. It's just kind of like uh the 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 game has given you kind of three types of weapons to deal with uh just the the heaps of just garbage it throws at you at the same time. Like there's <laughs> The screen is covered with so many things sometimes, and that was the moment that I realized uh, when I, um, when someone was watching me play, they were like, "How does it have this many particles at once?" Like, even th- this is on an Xbox One, and I feel like this would just make it like melt. This would, this would just destroy it, and that's when I realized that all of the particles, all of the little bullet hell particles, are all just. PNGs that are animated to look 3D. Dude, they're great. They're, it's it's they're the classic lies. dev That's trick. Awesome. <laughs> we have a few things like that in, in through us. It's it's fun. It's 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 really cool. And it's definitely like it, it's it's one of those things uh where you can see, you know, what they had to do to make it work. And I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Um, which obviously doesn't you know, that's not like one of those things that would impact how much i adore the game or anything like that but it's a cool little thing that i that i saw um and i'm I'm really like I'm, I'm beating around the bush trying not to to spoil anything as best as i can um and yeah, I, near I games continue. are hard to talk about without it's, yeah because <laughs> it, it's difficult to say what's unique about them without getting into that but the the best part about them is that they're so unique so it's yeah pretty much going in with like any expectations they will at least be like 50% wrong and in a good way because like it it there there were a couple times where um you know I would watch a scene play out after I had like finished a part of a quest or like like be walking towards an area and be thinking about what could happen next and I could be like oh it's going to do the the grim dark sad emo thing and uh I'm just, you know, I was super into it, but if it does this, then I'm, that's that's just so like cheesy and stupid and dark for no reason. And then it just went like five thousand percent more dark, or like in a completely different direction. And I would just be blown out of my seat, and I would just be amazed <laughs> at what happened. Um, I, I this this uh, we didn't do awards. Um, but this is Brett's award for most times uh, that tears were shed during a video game's <laughs> runtime because I think the I think the counter uh, ended at like four or five by the time that I finished everything. Um, Yoko Taro is an insane person, uh, and he knows he knows exactly every single way to, to mess with pry, the mind of yeah. his audience. <laughs> to pry into the human brain and just find every single thing that people can be sad or like feel strongly about oh my god absolutely play the game i do think one really really interesting thing about playing through replicant is how clearly you can tell that it's a game 
from like two different eras because yeah the combat half and a lot of the new stuff and a lot of the new voice acting is very clearly modern uh, and then you'll you'll look at the environments and be like, oh, these look really pretty. And then the structure just feels like something I've done before. And then I think back to the early Xbox 360 era of RPGs, where you had these like um, open world pseudo open world zones that kind of connected in this way that near zones do. And I think it's just a really interesting kind of case study on how designs kind of evolved, which is uh, it's, just yeah. fun to play through. Yeah, it has that like you know, kind of early 3D uh, RPG slash platformer kind of thing of, like, you have the the hub zone, and then the, there's, like, a small group of zones that spread out from it, and, like, going back and forth between them all isn't annoying backtracking. It's just they're, they're small enough and interesting enough where that is okay. That's one thing I love, it, is that, like, it's from that era where restraint was still a thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's... <laughs> Exactly what I was trying to say, but in fewer words. That's incredible. Yeah, it's <laughs> it very clearly right smack dab in the center of the open world is size-wise pretty small, but it feels very unique because they use the space well, and it's not frustrating. Like, you it's never have to run um, super far to get somewhere. It still feels like an adventure because you're going through a ton of different zones that are visually unique, but you're not dealing with <laughs> having to journey for 30 minutes to get to like the next town or something like that. But I think it's, it yeah. works really, really well for the type of game that it is. And they give you so many ways to make that like travel and going between the same places sometimes like three times over and over. Like they give you so many ways to do it fast that it just, it doesn't even feel like you're doing like, like a chore or anything. And it's like I, I I was I am that kind of person that just wanted to do every single side quest, and I'm sure you've run into this too, Ryan, where they're just like, after a point, uh, the characters just kind of like make fun of you for being that weird kid that just does whatever people tell him to do because he just has nothing to do, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like the characters in the game will be like, oh, you're that boy who's been running around that just does anything. You take every single odd job that's given to you. Would you mind doing this <laughs> random thing for me? And it's like, yeah, of course I will, dude. Are you kidding? I, I, I want to hear Grimoire yeah. Weiss's snarky dialogue about everything. <laughs> and that, that's one other thing I do want to give like a special notice because um, I think myself and a fair amount of people, for no reason, have this impression of, of Grimoire Weiss from the era of the old near advertisements being like a super annoying side character. And I don't know where this idea came from because I love him. He's great. I love him so He's much. Amazing. I was super worried he was just going to be this like very aggravating, like oh I'm holier than thou, uh, Liam O'Brien accented character. <laughs> and he's definitely not. Like there's some really cool moments where, just completing a side quest, uh, the book that is flying around with you will have a conversation with your main character about like the logistics of death and like how does a book die and the fact that he's never really thought about it but he's starting to get worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much, and that's just like a random side quest um, in the very early part of the game. So there's tons of just like little stuff like that that adds character moments that are so rare. In games where, like, normally a fetch quest or something is super boring because nothing happens. Like, you go, you return, and nothing happens over the course of it. And, like, most of, yeah, most of Nier's 
fetch quests are just fetch, fetch quests. Like, you're not doing anything terribly interesting in them, but because there's, like, some really cool dialogue at different points and the, the situations that arise during them are more unique, it works a lot yeah. better than most games. That's That ends up being the, the motivation to, for me at least, to do them instead of just, like, you know, because you get, like, a lot of currency and some, like, gear from them or whatever. But, like, for me, it was just, like, seeing the, like, honestly just adorable interactions between all of these, like, traumatized like characters with horrible lives in like if they're even human like incredibly strange outfits just like interacting with each other just like in super honestly cute ways it was very it was very worth it to go through every side quest just like for that and it kind of reminded me like of of the uh some of the older like ps1 uh jrpgs that i've been playing recently that just don't have they didn't have to worry about like voice acting so they could just have just a million lines of dialogue because no one had to be paid to you know do a million takes of every single one so they'd have like random interactions like more often because it would just be words on a screen that you could read and be like oh that's that's sweet yeah. except every single one every single line of dialogue in near is voice acted so hey, there was that, there was that budget increase for the <laughs> remake um, or not remake, but re-envisioning, as Yoko Taro has put it before, I yeah. believe. But yeah, it's it's super fun. Uh, I am looking forward very much to trying to finish it. Hopefully this week or next week. It is so good. And there, <laughs> I can so almost good. certainly guarantee there will be a games club on this. Uh, it'll just depend. We might wait until Brett gets to play Automata, because that okay. would be a good like duology one. Yeah, we'll. We'll, we'll see. But if there may be enough. There may be enough to talk about with just. In fact, there almost certainly will be enough to talk about with just replicant, uh, yeah. knowing Yoko Taro games. But yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun thing to look forward to in the future. Definitely. Right. Yeah, and you you have to get every ending, Ryan, because I need oh, to I talk will about it with you. <laughs> I got twenty six endings in in near Automata, Brett. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I can certainly get the I think five that are in replicant. It would be my assumption. It's just five, yeah. Alright. So everyone else is gone. I got some games that I've been playing. Uh one of the big ones was Neo Replicant, and we just got through that. So I can thankfully not have to do a separate talk about that. But the other two uh three big ones that I want to mention are a game we talked about briefly last week with the whole trailer thing was Damon X Machina. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a bit of that on PC, and I got some thoughts <laughs> that are yeah. interesting. Because I've been playing the game a lot, and I think the thing that's like the one thing that's continually grating on me is the loot game is not very well designed in Damon X Machina. Like, it's super interesting when you get something, but it's so long <laughs> between you getting yeah. cool mech upgrades that it is dragging. And the the biggest reason is that the story is just nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is utter nonsense. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch, but there's no ability to like skip through dialogue or anything during um, animated scenes because the animations are all like hard coded <laughs> to happen, so you can't like skip any of it. And it's just these horrendously voice acted lines. Uh, I've I've been keeping the game in English just because the horrendous English acting is really really funny. 
<laughs> but and they have like good voice actors and actresses and everything. Like people that have been. Well, because you'll you'll see like one or two characters that are like extremely well voice acted, where it sounds like the voice actors <laughs> tried really hard, and then suddenly this like kid exactly. with a crazy mohawk will show up and go like, "Hey!" And then you got Johnny G. Johnny oh, G. God, it's bonkers. <laughs> it is. It's it's a really fun game. Uh, gameplay is just really really satisfying, but. It's the issue of, like, I'm getting so little interesting weaponry that is unique, mm-hmm. and that you get, like, 12 assault rifles that all fire extremely slowly. <laughs> yeah. That's the big thing. And I think the idea is that you're meant to get ones that are far faster further into the game, but it means that, like, at early levels, you feel like you're, sh- you're just pinking out pea shooters <laughs> the enemies, which is not that satisfying. So uh, but the combat itself is great. Look, I, I use a giant mace that also only swings a single time. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Before going into an animation, and then you have to do the same swing again. I know I can change it mm-hmm. to not do that, but that is what it looks like currently. <laughs> so that's a little sad. Um, but yeah, that's been my Damon X Machina experience. Uh, I'll report back once I've finished that game, because I'm, I am sure there will be more detailed things uh about my my thoughts on that game because i love mech games but uh other game i already mentioned it was binding of isaac i do want to give a quick shout out to uh i've been playing mx versus atv reflex whenever i have like five minutes of downtime for those who don't know this is a game from 2009 about driving motorbikes (laughs) are you you well it's incredible It's really good. I but I, I don't have really have anything to say I about it. Because answer, it's the answer is a no. It's a game from two thousand nine, so I can't really. There's not not a whole lot to say. It's it's literally just drive dirt bikes around a track. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, I got to give that one a shout out because that's actually the game I put like the most hours into recently. <laughs> but I have the least to say about it aside from it's really fun. Um, huh. Yeah, Binding of Isaac, I think is interesting because it did just get a new expansion that is pretty hefty of new items and whatnot and i've been having a lot of fun going back and playing isaac although it is punishing in the state it's in right now especially of like i a lot of it is just that isaac is a game that really requires you to learn how to play it like you're not going to do good at isaac without really knowing what you're doing um, and I had completely forgotten how to play the game properly and like what items do what. But man, uh, it is really, really fun to get back into it, the final expansion that has released. And yeah, I'm just glad that Isaac is still kicking after like 10 years at this point. Yeah, really. I'm surprised it's still being supported. Yeah, this is like the quote-unquote last expansion, um, almost certainly, because the last one was stated to be the last one, and then this <laughs> one came out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he said like he's legitimately done with the game at this point, aside it from patches. Sense. Unless he's gonna do like a significant overhaul, he was like, yeah, anything in the future would would go to like a theoretical Isaac three, and not rebirth, uh, which is exciting. I would love to see what Edmund McMillan and the team does in the future. Uh, but Isaac is just a really really well designed roguelike, and I I think is still like the best one on the market, um, even. Considering games like Hades that are extremely good, like Isaac is is the father of them all, and also I think the best. Like it it does so much well, and is so unique that it's hard to fight. And of course, it's available consistently for like ten bucks, 
So <laughs> it's it's very cheap. Uh, and it's one of those games that you'll get like 500 hours out of. I have 50 hours in Isaac, and that's considered very low. So Oh, no. I haven't even beaten the like fourth final boss. Because you can unlock different final bosses the more you play. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, there's so much variation. It's great. Um, and yeah, the the final thing I've been playing that I think is the meat of what I wanted to talk about is Final Fantasy XIV. It's a game I've been chugging away at for a long time, and I keep mentioning it because it's an MMO, and I'm trying to like finish it, which is always hard to do with any Mad long Man. game. There's and no considering MMO, considering fourteen essentially has like every expansion pack that releases is just a full JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, I'm I'm in the middle one right now called Stormblood, and I I got some opinions that I think are really unique for what type of game it is. Because what's really impressed me so far in the storytelling of of fourteen is that every story tends to be split into like three or four arcs of each expansion that are extremely sizable and have like sub arcs and whatnot. But the last one was like this huge political and like war drama going on. And this one has just become like an extension of the political drama and also just like Seven Samurai. <laughs> Ooh. Cool. And like a Kurosawa style thing. And then you go to like a bunch of nomadic tribes and need to unite them to take on a threat. Like it's so different than what I was doing so you, before. So you need to become the Nerevar. <laughs> yeah, you do, essentially. <laughs> um, which is a really, really cool feeling of like the game is just being extremely unique in that I am not running into the same situation narratively more than like a single time and it's consistently going to like new areas it's the benefit of seeing like what a game with the budget of an MMO can do with with a single player story they are ridiculous over there <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that like I wish World of Warcraft could do this but they can't like wow just doesn't do this um it's the kind of thing where, like, I've I've been going back and like watching reactions of people, um, like streamers like Jesse Cox, playing through some of the story moments because it's really fun to see someone whose like idea of what MMOs are is changed by watching a cutscene <laughs> because it's oh, the kind of thing that's about extremely the unique. expansion. I mean, Heaven's Ward is is bonkers as a first expansion for the game and. I, I think Jesse Cox summed it up really well when he finished it. He was like, this is the kind of thing where, like, it doesn't even matter if the story's good because it had characters that I could get attached to and that had arcs. Whereas, like, every other MMO on the market is so afraid of having, like, a party of characters that you actually interact with. Um, aside from ESO, but ESO is a very different well, vibe. I mean, e ESO just added companions. I mean, yeah, or, uh, ESO, ESO's got a different vibe, though. Like, it's it's a lot more inspired by that uh, Skyrim era of Elder Scrolls and is a lot more, like, down-to-earth and realistic, which is bonkers to say about a fantasy game, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to Final Fantasy, you're probably not going to see dragons suplexing each other in ESO. Shameful. Probably I mean, not going to Unless see you have enough. Oh, wait, no, that's just Elder Scroll. That's just uh, Skyrim. With enough mods, anything's possible. <laughs> With enough mods, yep. But I, I think it's just the fact that, like, the 14 devs managed to get away with a complete lack of restraint on what they're doing, which is extremely refreshing. It just means that everything that happens is tuned up to 11 
And it's a lot of fun. Because Stormblood, as an expansion, I think is definitely less interesting than Heavensward was. Um, because of, of just like the framing and whatnot, there's not quite as many unique characters that I had attachments to before that are in the story. But it's still really good. Like That's like saying like a thing is an 8 out of 10 instead of a 9 out of 10. Um, it's just a, a small complaint. And it's a completely different writer than the old one. But I am extremely ex excited to play Shadowbringers, and what has me even more excited is that the heavily rumored scenario writer for Final Fantasy XVI is the person who wrote Heavensward and Shadowbringers, which are commonly quoted as, like, the best Final Fantasy that exists. Just as in media, <laughs> it's the, the best huh. stories in Final Fantasy, so I am really excited to see what 16 ends up looking like when it comes out <laughs> with that team behind it. Yeah, it's just super refreshing. And like I played a dungeon the other day and it's it's a good example of doing unique things cuz this dungeon has a boss in the middle where you don't do anything. You literally it disables all of your abilities and what you have to do is just dodge. That's all you do. Oh. You, you just huh. react to what the boss does and move around and then it's like great job he gives you a gold star and you move on. <laughs> oh. He doesn't die or anything. You just no. You just you just walk past him. He's like, great, you did it, and then you go. Oh, nice. I just love that it's so <laughs> unique. Like it does crazy stuff like that. There's a there's a raid where you get in mech walkers and go run around blowing up everything in a complete power trip of you're just like forty eight people in uh giant mechs. <laughs> Jesus. I'm running sorry, 48 around. in a raid? Uh, I think 24. It's a 24-man raid, oh. that one. So 24 people running around in giant mechs, just blowing everything up. It's just bonkers fun to see. Yeah, that game is, like, really impressive. And I am, like, I'm mainlining the story as well, and it's given me this much enjoyment from, like, for months, which is incredible. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm just very happy that, that that game is as good as it is. And I am kicking myself for not being caught up with it when it was releasing because, man, it, I can't imagine how much fun it would be to like be playing this stuff where like the time, because you can tell in the game where they'll mention like we're going to prepare for this and then that's where like a patch was. So mm. you can tell like that's, that's where a patch started and ended and it feels like the time actually extending there and like would have added a lot to the experience in a way that MMOs are really the only genre that can do. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's just a really, really phenomenal example of an MMO getting a little wild with what it does. Just very fun. Alright, with that, we, we've done it. We've talked about our games, we did our topics, which means it's time for shoutouts. Oh god. Yeah, we, we, we hit the point. Brett, because you spoke... A word. No. You're first. This isn't what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of anything yet. Yes. I pass. Someone else take it. Nope. Else take you it. can't pass. You are first. Uh, 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 <laughs> looking around the room uh, wildly. Um, uh, here, here's your, uh, here's your preview for the the Xenosaga rant. Uh, every, every single one uh, sucks. It's the <laughs> anti shout out. It's terrible. Um, Xenosaga rant. The one I'm glad it's rants. coming. <laughs> I, I'm glad that the rant is coming and remasters aren't because no one should play these terrible games. 
And if you like them, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. Alright. Who else is ready? I'll go. Are you waiting for permission? This is <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, <Just go>. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh. Uh, shout out to the the Gordon Ramsay cookbook that I was using and having a lot of fun making fig pastries with. Uh, I just had fun cooking time and interaction with actual people. Ooh. Impossible. All right, Wyatt, you got something. Um, shout out to shout out to Mandalore Gaming. Fun, yes. good channel. Great go, channel. Go check out his content. Good I stuff. Him. I love him so much. That whole there's there's like a whole group of of reviewers that all know each other that are in that like they're not obscure but they're not like millions of subscribers and viewers that are all just really solid critics. And, we uh, we've shared some stuff from Mandalore, right? Or yeah, we talked about in the oh yeah, we've we talked about some Mandalore yeah. stuff before. Yeah. All right, I gotta steal the final shout out and give a shout out to a. Uh, the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine I got the other day not hey. murdering me. J and J. I am the only one I know that didn't get severe side effects. Nice. Oh, the old, awesome. the old, You got the double J instead of the J Jonah Jameson. Oh yeah, <sighs> lots of J's this episode, which is funny because my middle name is J. So I've been also this episode is really just a ruse for J's. You know, just just make What's the title just a string of like sixteen J's. <laughs> well, we'll let we'll let people think about what it means as the outro plays, and we'll see you next week, Tuesday, <laughs> seven a.m. or live on Twitch at some point. Maybe <laughs> we'll figure it out. Pure chaos. I know. I I real okay. Do you want to know a fun fact about this episode uh, behind the scenes? 